it's about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more. And we're not listening to it. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are, because together, we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. I had high fevers as a child and was given medicine that stayed my teeth. Kids bullied me, made fun of me, asked me if I knew how to brush my teeth. It not only affected my self-esteem, it made me self-conscious about my smile. I did not want to smile as a kid. People were always asking me what was wrong with me. I just didn't want to open my mouth because I didn't want to be made fun of. And I don't want another kid to feel the same way I did growing up. This is the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. My name is Sherry Wirtz. I'm a dental hygienist and I've been in the dental field for over 30 years. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about good mouth health and feeding your baby. Last week, we talked about pregnancy, your baby, how baby teeth begin forming, and a pregnant mom diet during pregnancy as a very important part of tooth development. Today, I'm going to dive into the breastfeeding versus bottle feeding debate, my opinion, the research, and how feeding your baby affects your baby's mouth, teeth, and face growth development. What you eat during pregnancy affects not only you, but the development of your baby, which includes their teeth. Your baby's primary teeth begin mineralizing and building the inner part of the tooth called the dentin around the sixth week. And the hard enamel layer that covers that dentin, known as the enamel, begins to form around the third or fourth month of pregnancy. While teeth are the hardest surface of the body and the only part of our skeleton we clean, they are not indestructible and are vital to the growth and development of your baby. Pregnancy and the first years of your baby's life are very significant and memorable. And you'll wanna take good care of yourself and get your baby off to a healthy start in life. Their mouth is important to their growth and development and it affects eating, sleeping, speech, behavior, self-esteem, and overall health and wellness. After your baby is born, most babies are not born with teeth. However, it does happen occasionally. The majority of babies begin to get their primary teeth in their mouth about the age of six months, unless you're my daughter. Her first tooth didn't come in until she was 13 months. I remember telling the doctor, I'm only nursing until she gets teeth. So don't panic if your baby doesn't follow the normal eruption pattern. That's just a guideline. And, you know, I'm a dental hygienist and I kept thinking, why isn't she getting teeth yet? So it doesn't matter who you are, you're still going to be concerned when your child doesn't follow what the norm and what everybody else does. Just know that it doesn't mean anything for the growth development of your child and actually getting teeth later in life is better because then they're better ready to take care of them, you're ready to take care of them, and then they won't start getting their permanent teeth until they're older as well. So they have a little more time to practice with the baby teeth. So most children develop a full set of 20 teeth by the age of three. Having healthy, strong baby teeth will help your child chew and swallow easily, speak clearly, smile, and provide your facial shape. Nursing plays an important role in the shape of your baby's faith and palatal development. By palate, I mean the roof of your baby's mouth. And here's what's important about that. The roof of your baby's mouth is also the floor of the nasal cavity. So as a dental hygienist and an oral myofunctional therapist, 
I recommend breastfeeding whenever it's possible. There's a lot of discussion that happens on ways to feed your baby and a lot of research on how crucial it is to mouth development. And not everybody is able to nurse or breastfeed, but it does help widen the arch, which then helps them breathe better versus a bottle. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Your baby actually has growth spurts from birth every three months through their life. And most of our eating and drinking skills develop in the first two years. So next we're gonna check about nursing and bottle feeding techniques. I recommend getting Diane Barr's book, Nobody Ever Told Me That, or my mother. She discusses everything from bottles to breathing to healthy speech and development. She's a speech pathologist and has so much knowledge. Her book is one that I highly recommend for new moms because it outlines from birth all the way through the feeding process. And she goes over into speech and all of that, which is a little above what I know. I'm not a speech pathologist and this book is amazing. She compares feeding your baby to dancing. The best feeding method for your baby is going to be personal. It's between you and your baby. And it's very different from what someone else might do. So don't compare yourself to someone else. As a parent, the worst thing you can do for yourself is compare yourself to another mom and making yourself feel inadequate. Your relationship between your baby is just that, your relationship to your baby. Everybody can recommend things, but you have to figure out what works for you. We're all different. We've all had different upbringings, beliefs, values, knowledge, and experience that shape who we are. And so that will carry on to what shapes your child. That being said, there are some guidelines that you can take and learn that make things easier. And learn from what others did before you. Ask other moms. And again, you can take what works for you and what resonates with you and just let all the other stuff go. Whether you choose to nurse or bottle field, ideally your baby should be able to do the following. The tongue should come over the lower gum area. It doesn't have to come out of the mouth. And even front to back wave-like tongue movement creates a vacuum when drinking called suckling. The tongue should cup and groove. Your, the jaw should make small movements once latched and the mouth should be stable. The tongue is the lower stabilizer and the roof of the mouth is the upper stabilizer. Adequate pressure on the roof of the mouth aids in swallowing and your baby should have a good feeding rhythm. It's important you become familiar with your baby's mouth. Look in there, especially if you plan on nursing. A lip or a tongue tie can make breastfeeding challenging and painful to the mom. Nursing should not be painful. If your baby is having difficulty latching, you'll wanna look and see if there's any tethered tissues or find a lactation consultant or even schedule a free session with me. And I can help you navigate through or find the help that you need. When you lift your baby's lip, if the lip doesn't pull out or it's attached to the top of the gum, then that means that they have a lip tie. If you can't pick up their tongue and they can't stick their tongue out or it makes a little harp shape, then they have a tongue tie. And those things sometimes make it difficult to latch because the baby's tongue won't make the correct movement. And you can have it snipped as early as two days of your baby's life. It's more traumatic for the parents than it is for the infant, but then they will be able to latch on, making it more comfortable for you to latch and for them to be able to get enough milk and thrive. So let's talk breastfeeding. Breastfeeding has actually been shown to be beneficial for your baby's health, growth, and development, but there are a few things to consider for good dental health. If your child has a hard time latching, 
and they have a lip or tongue tie, it could be preventing them from getting enough milk. And again, like I said, nursing should not be painful. You can go to my website, www.dentalhygiene411.com, and I have a blog. We also did a podcast about lip tie where I talked about a mom that struggled with this. Her baby had a lip tie and she was able to get it released. And then she was able to nurse comfortably after that. Her mom is a lactation consultant. So she had a great support system. And that's why I wanted to interview her because I wanted to get, wanted you guys to hear her experience about latching. And then I had another girlfriend who it was just too painful and she couldn't latch. And so, like I said, everyone's different and there's no guilt. You're not a bad mom if you do one versus the other. It's just what is for your situation. Not everyone knows how important the mouth is to the body. And for an infant, it starts with their mouth and their nose. So as a parent, that's where I recommend you start and learn about what's going on with their mouth and nose. You don't know what you don't know. And there are not a lot of people talking about what you should look for and the actions you should take when looking in your child's mouth. I know a lot of parents don't even look in their child's mouth until they start getting teeth. It's much easier to catch issues at a young age rather than waiting until your child is seven or eight or seeing an orthodontist to correct their bite with the way that the teeth are coming in. So knowing what's happening in your baby's mouth early, there's some different things you can do to intercept some of the stuff to prevent it from happening when they're older. When the agricultural revolution happened, softer and processed foods were introduced. So we were not chewing as much and we increased our sugar consumption in the United States. That has changed how we chew our foods and what goes onto our teeth and also how we care for our teeth. And it's changing the shape of our face. Dr. Kevin Boyd talks about this. He calls it Darwinian dentistry. And you can see the progression, making our teeth more crowded, which is affecting our airway, our breathing, our speech, and our behavior. Because like I talked about earlier, how the arch is widened now that we're not chewing as much and we're doing more bottle feeding and we're not nursing as long, our palates are starting to collapse a little bit, causing crowded teeth, not enough room for our wisdom teeth and airway and breathing problems. So we're seeing more and more kids using their mouth to breathe instead of their nose. Even though we can breathe through our mouth, we shouldn't. And babies can't breathe through their mouth the first three months of life. When we breathe through our mouth, we don't get the benefit of the filtration that our nose offers. Our nose, when we inhale, slows the air and then gives us nitric oxide CO2 exchange. So why is this important? It's important because if your child is breathing through their mouth, then more likely they're tossing and turning and waking up more frequently, not getting a good night's rest, and they're getting 18% less oxygen to their brains, leaving them more tired when they wake up, which causes them to have difficulty concentrating. They act out due to lack of sleep. They might have dark circles under their eyes. They might be bedwetting. All of these are things that can happen from breathing through your mouth. So it's important to watch and see how your child breathes. A lot of times when they're young, we think it's cute when they're snoring or grinding their teeth, but it's a sign that something's wrong. And we're missing this in our children, and we don't look for that until they're older. And a lot of times um, our kids are being put on HD meds when Dr. Boyd, who's a certified pediatric dentist and very knowledgeable, he shares his expertise to help educate us and how our facial structures are changing due to our diet. But he also talks about the fact that 
kids with ADHD are actually sleep deprived and oxygen deprived. And he has a video helping Connor, finding Connor. And this was a mom who had done everything that she could and couldn't figure out what was wrong with her child. He was acting out. And once she saw Dr. Boyd, she was able to find her child again. She had her child back. And she did everything. She exhausted all possibilities before seeing Dr. Boyd. And it ended up being his breathing that was causing a lot of his behavioral issues. So that's something that I recommend checking out. It, it's amazing. And that's what brought me down this rabbit hole of becoming an oral myofunctional therapist was seeing what Dr. Boyd had done for Connor and listening to what his mom had to say. And I thought, you know what, this just isn't out there. And so if I could create a healthy mouth movement and bring awareness, maybe I could help other kids like Connor and moms that didn't know what was going on. He was older before she figured it out and she struggled. So it's just something to look into if you're having children that are acting out, not getting enough sleep, dark circles, they're wanting to be put on ADHD medications and you're just at your last wit's end, you, you can look and see if it's their, their mouth breathing. My niece, same thing. I wish that I had known this when she was younger, but her mouth breathing had caused a lot of issues for her. So again, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I'm passionate about it because I see the difference that it makes. And so if I can start talking about this stuff and we can start looking in our kids' mouths right away when they're born and taking care of them, maybe we can prevent our kids from having a lot of these things and being at our wits end before we know what to do. So breastfeeding does help your child's mouth development. Breast milk by itself does not promote tooth decay. It doesn't prevent tooth decay. Breastfed babies who fall asleep by nursing with unswallowed milk in their mouths are more vulnerable to having tooth decay as well as bottle fed babies especially if the fluids and liquids have sugars or carbohydrates that have been introduced into their diet and they're just sitting in your baby's mouth. So even before your baby has teeth, you should clean your baby's mouth out with a wet washcloth or a gauze after breastfeeding and encourage, and I encourage you that if you put your baby to bed with a bottle, put plain water in at night. So if you're going to nurse or you're going to feed them right before bed, just make sure that you take the bottle away and you don't leave them with a bottle and you rinse, wipe out their mouth, even before they get teeth. So when they get teeth, you can kind of brush their teeth a little bit before you put them to bed. Definitely don't ever put them to bed with a bottle because that creates bottle mouth caries and it ruts the baby's upper front teeth because the milk is sitting on there all night long. And I'll talk more about that in another segment. Avoiding putting your baby to bed with a bottle filled with sweetened drinks, such as milk, juice, anything that has sugar in it that is allowed to sit on your baby's teeth a long time can cause damage. It weakens the enamel. And over time, that's what happens with decay. Baby bottle tooth decay occurs most often on the front upper front teeth, but it can also affect the lower teeth. Frequent prolonged exposure of the baby's teeth to drinks that contain sugar, is what causes tooth decay because it actually creates an acid. It basically eats a hole in the tooth. So avoid filling the bottle, like I said, with sugar water, juice, or soft drinks. And I encourage babies to finish eating before bedtime and before their naps times before you put them to bed. The American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry has a fact sheet that they came out from 2014. You can Google that and print out the fact sheet. I think that has good information on that. So also there is a best position when feeding your baby. Whether you choose to bottle feed or nurse, the way your baby is positioned during feeding can affect your baby's ability to feed properly and growth development. So here's some guidelines. You wanna keep your baby's head aligned with their body. 
their head, neck, and body should be in a straight line when you're feeding them. You don't want to allow your baby's neck to be hyperextended or backwards if you're laying them back down and their, their head is laying over your arm because your baby's tongue, if they're hyperextended, can also block their airway. So tongue is a really important thing when it comes to feeding, breathing, speech, swallowing. That's something that I'm going to talk more and more about as we go on. And so when the tongue protrudes, when they bite down, not only can it be painful to the mom when feeding, my daughter thought it was funny to bite me and she would laugh and I'd be like, ouch, and she'd giggle. So don't say, ouch, if your baby bites you, just kind of play that off because it ended up being a game for her. And I'm pretty sure I created that. You also want to keep your baby's ear above their mouth when they're drinking, because if you lay them back too far, the fluid when they're drinking can enter their eustachian tubes, creating problems with their ears and possibly needing tubes in their ears. So you definitely want to kind of pull them up slightly. Even when you're nursing, your baby is kind of sitting in an upright position and their head is aligned. So you never want to lay them down with a bottle because that fluid does get in there. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. So you want to hold your baby at somewhat of a 45 degree angle, and you don't want the liquid to flow too fast. It is suspected that if babies lay flat, they have a higher risk of ear infections and sinus infections later on in life. If the fluid from the bottle or fluid from your stomach due to reflux or spit up enters the eustachian tubes, it can travel to the middle ear. The middle ear has three tiny bones that help the eardrum communicate sound to the inner ear. If it gets filled with fluid, that space can distort sounds and your child can also have hearing loss. So having a healthy middle ear is important for hearing and speech language development. So keeping fluid out of your baby's ears and keeping their nose clear is important. When babies feed, they coordinate sucking, swallowing, and breathing all at the same time. And like I said earlier, babies can only breathe through their nose. So making sure that their nose is unblocked and sucking that out will help with the congestion. And if their nose is really congested, it actually can compromise feeding health and the comfort of your baby. It's their natural preference and psychological reflex to breathe through their nose. But if their nasal passage is blocked, it can actually be dangerous for them because they can then aspirate some of the milk. How do you clear a blocked nose? It makes sense to flush out the nasal passages. We blow our nose when it gets blocked. Babies can't blow their nose. So it can be a two-step process. You can flush the nostrils out. You can put two tiny little squirts of saline spray. Clear has drops for a baby. They're little nasal sprays that help relieve congestion and you can get it just over the counter. I get it at the health food store. You can get it at the drug store, but it not only can clear out, it has xylitol in it. So it helps with the sinuses. It also will help prevent cavities with the xylitol in it. It's natural and it's made for children to simply clean out their sinuses and their nasal passages and alleviate congestion. So I recommend that you use that little bulb and put it up in their nose to suck out the boogers. And then you put two drops of the saline in there. There's no medical or chemical dangers and it's safe to start using from birth. So I, a lot of times with my daughter, I would just put a couple drops in when I changed her diaper. And I would do that two or three times a day. And I definitely recommend using it daily. I'll put a link below so you can see what that is, but it's called clear. There's a little elephant on the package and it's spelled X L E A R. And it says kids right on it. And it says safe for infants while mouth breathing is not impossible. 
Newborns have certain physical features that make it more difficult, including their tongue having a smaller mouth and an elevated larynx. So they're not going to be able to breathe through the mouth for a little bit. Once they get older, they can. During feeding, the mouth is blocked by the breast or the bottle. So it's absolutely vital that your baby can breathe through their nose. Babies breathe through their nose, yet often in their sleeps, they have their mouth open. So both the nose and the mouth can dry out quickly. And that's where these drops help. Dry mouth and dry nose can cause interrupted sleep and early wakening. So little ones with clear noses or a nasal aspirator, saline drops and keeping them hydrated or even using an air or cool mist vaporizer in the room is going to help promote good health and good sleep. Plain tap water can safely be diffused in a diffuser humidifier from birth. At around three months, you can start adding drops of essential oil like lemon, lavender, chamomile oil, and you can add a couple of drops to the water. Around the age of six months, physical growth moves the soft palate and the epiglottis further apart, which allows your baby more freedom to breathe through their mouth. Again, doesn't mean that they should. Although they can alternate efficiently between nasal breathing and mouth breathing, most babies, even after the age of six months, generally continue to prefer nasal breathing. And this is something that I think you should watch for. Look to see if they're breathing through their mouth or they're breathing through their nose. Even as adults, we know how difficult and uncomfortable it can be to breathe when our nose is blocked, when we're sleeping, and when we have nasal congestion. So it makes sense that our little ones have a clear nose and are hydrated as well. I keep water next to the bed, and I didn't realize that I was mouth breathing and what it was doing. And again, we'll talk about that in another episode, but I started taping my mouth at night, and that has made me sleep much better. What can breastfeeding do for your baby's mouth that bottle feeding cannot? Nursing is making a comeback, especially since the agricultural revolution has introduced softer sugary foods and we're chewing less. We're talking about it more. Breastfeeding is biologically normal. That's what we did. It was our only choice 300 years ago. Babies who nurse tend to have fewer allergies and a stronger immune system. They definitely have a wider arch and their mouth and teeth develop better. And we can see that through time, just what happens in just even different places in the world. Another source I recommend is Kathleen Huggins. She wrote the book, Nursing Mother's Companion. This is also a really good book with great information if you want more than what I'm sharing today. We only have so much time, so there's a lot of information. And I know that not everyone can nurse. So here are some things that nursing does. When your baby breastfeeds, the boob is drawn into the mouth, which helps shape the hard and soft palate. So it comes into your mouth a little bit more than what a bottle does. So it helps stretch out the palate and the roof of the mouth, and it helps your baby breathe better. Bottle-fed ba babies tend to develop higher narrow arches due to the force involved in the shape of the bottle. Breastfeeding moms also alternate breasts, changing positions when nursing. The baby is sitting up, and it provides stimulation on both sides of the infant's face, neck, and body. Mouth structures move differently when breastfeeding, and the mouth develops, not only does the mouth and face develop better, but the jaw, the dental arteries, the hard, soft palate, and the teeth position are actually widened, and you have more, the baby has more space for the teeth as they grow and become an infant and a child. Breastfeeding supports suck, swallow, breathe in synchronization and allows the structure of the mouth, the throat, and respiratory to all move together. So there are many studies, theories, and research that support the value of breastfeeding and for mouth, airway, breathing, and development. There are things you can do if you're bottle feeding to help better develop your child's mouth. 
So when you bottle feed, it allows the dad and others to enjoy the feeding process and it also gives a mom a break. So that's a benefit of bottle feeding over nursing. You can start by choosing the right bottle for your little one. If your baby has a small mouth, you're gonna want a shorter nipple. A nipple that's too long encourages your baby to develop a tongue thrust swallow and they might have difficulty maintaining a latch even to the bottle. So the length and shape of the bottle is gonna be important when you're bottle feeding. There's a simple test you can do to determine if the length of the nipple is a problem with your baby and if they're getting enough milk. So if you see your baby might be having trouble, you're gonna make sure that their lips and the inside of their mouth maintain a good latch. You can support your baby's cheeks when drinking. If the nipple stops moving in and out of the baby's mouth, you can support their cheeks. And if not, then you can just leave them be. But if the nipple continues to move in and out of the baby's mouth, you're going to find a bottle that fits your baby's mouth. The nipple shape is another consideration. I prefer rounded nipples that encourage the tongue cupping. So one that looks more like a breast that's wider is going to be better. Labeling on nipples can be very misleading. Some of them say orthodontic and all these other things. So some babies will drink better from a nipple labeled orthodontic. What you want to really make sure when you're bottle feeding and when you're nursing is to make sure that your baby maintains a good latch, meaning their lips hold around the latch area and a wider area encourages both mouth and jaw development. Diane's book goes into more detail about this. I'm not a lactation consultant, so my knowledge is limited about this subject, but maintaining a good latch with a breast or bottle is one of the most common problems that happen when you're struggling with feeding your infant. Pay close attention to your baby's positioning. The head, the body, and the alignment can all affect the latch. You may need to temporarily provide cheek support also. You're gonna place your thumb on one side of the cheek and your index finger or ring finger on the other side and gently push firmly towards the baby's gum. So kind of in while they're sucking, pulling towards the lips so you can see the lips flare. If this doesn't help, I definitely recommend you seeking a lactation consultant for your specific needs of what's going on. Like I said before, I nursed my daughter until she got teeth. I tried to give her formula so her dad could nurse her sometimes. So that is definitely a benefit of bottle feeding is letting somebody else nurse. But she, we tried 12 different formulas and she spit them up and had reflex. So she could not tolerate anything that I gave her. So I had to nurse her specifically. I could pump and give her breast milk, but we could not give her any type of formula. And so that's why I nursed her till she was 13 months. And when she was 13 months, I stopped nursing her because we adopted a baby. Feeding no matter what way is right for you. And it can be a very rewarding bonding experience. Some babies are more successful with bottle feeding and so are their moms. There are small but subtle differences with mouth development that can have an effect on your baby's ability to nurse and bottle feed that create difficulties. So what are some of these difficulties that you might want to look for in your baby while feeding? Mild jaw weakness, muscles on both of the sides of their jaw not doing the job, so make sure that they're bilateral and they're not sucking harder on one side or the other. And some of these structures can be inherited from a parent. So kind of look at what's going on with your mouth or your husband's mouth or the father's mouth to see what's going on. They can actually underdevelop the sucking pads on their cheek muscles, or they could be lip or tongue tight. So all of these things are things that you need to look for if you're having problem with the baby latching, whether it's bottle feeding or breastfeeding. 
a professional evaluation can help. Some lactation consultants, occupational therapists, speech language pathologists, oral functional, oral myofunctional therapists are specifically trained to evaluate the subtle concerns and they work specifically with babies. So you can seek someone like that for help. It's okay to reach out for help. It does not mean you're a failure as a mom and don't put that on yourself, okay? We all have struggles when we're parents. They don't come with a handbook. And so you just kind of have to figure things out. I didn't know my daughter had sensory issues until she was eight. Talk about feeling like a failure as a mom. She would spit toothpaste out at me. So I was thinking as a dental hygienist, I should know how to handle this. Again, that all went back to her sensory issues and she had issues with touch, texture, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing. So give yourself a break. There's no way that you could know everything that happens and what's going on with your kids. So if something doesn't seem right, follow your intuition and ask for help. That's what people do. It's not a representation of your mothering skills. Sometimes it's just a subtle structure with your baby's mouth or genetics. There are many things that happen. Don't start beating yourself up with nursing because you still have a long way to go with raising this child. Do not drive yourself crazy. Learn from my mistakes. We have the saying, it takes a village for a reason. There are people that have gone through almost everything you're going to experience before you did. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You're never alone. I am not a person that asks for help. And that's why I'm stating this now because it could have saved myself a whole lot of time and heartache if I had just asked. I'm not always good with that. So I'm here if you need me. If I can't help you, I'll be happy to find the right person that can. And again, people love to help. That's what life is all about. It's about helping others and giving back. So this was just a little bit about the differences between bottle feeding, breastfeeding, and why the development of your baby's mouth starts in your mouth and how you choose to feed them. So whether you choose to breastfeed or bottle feed, it's a personal experience. It's between your and your baby, what you can do, your husband, what your lifestyle is, if you're going back to work, if you're not going back to work, if you're going to need to pump. So there's a lot of choices and decisions that go into which way you're going to decide to feed your baby. There's not a wrong answer. There's only what is the right answer for you. I'm here to support you. And I'm here to tell you that because I beat myself up as a mom and as new moms coming in, if I can help new moms from feeling that pressure or feeling like they're inadequate, I want to save you from that. We do that to ourselves. We feel like we have to be super moms and raising kids is hard, especially if you're a single mom, but you may be married and not get the help that you need. You might not live close to family members. You might be on your own. So reach out. I don't know what your specific situation is, but there are always people that are here to help you. I am one of those. Thanks for listening. Hope this was helpful. We're just going to continue on the journey as your baby grows. That is what my plan is for this podcast is to start with pregnancy, start with feeding the baby and work your way up as the baby grows. So that's how I'm going to do this podcast. May throw some different curveballs in as I get different guest speakers coming on, but I feel that all this is important because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life and a healthy mom is a healthy baby. This has been another episode of the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Do you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast? All I'm asking is for you to do three things. 
head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, tell me what it is you'd like me to answer on the podcast, anything about mouth health. And if you'd like for me to leave a shout out, make sure that you leave a name. That's all you need to do. Then just make sure you tune in and listen so you can hear your question answered on the next Q&A episode. And join us next time on the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. If you'd also like more information, you can head over to www.dentalhygiene411.com where I have more resources and information for all things mouth health.